Howdy, Hootah Thunkers. This is Zeb, adding a little tidbit before I actually make the episode. I In the beginning, I say it's episode 143. That's because of a mix-up. That's incorrect. Um, mix-up with the anniversary episode. I expected to do this one a week later. This is, in fact, episode 142. Just want to be official about that. <laughs> Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Well, howdy, Hootah Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootah Thunkin' Podcast coming at you. Uh, my name is Zeb. This is episode 143. I just typed this episode up moments ago. I've been dragging my feet. I wanted to do the anniversary episode this week, um, but then I realized it would only be right if I did it with my wife, Shannon, since we've been through so much, or, you know, not terrible things, but we did a lot this year. <laughs> so I want to do it with her. She's been busy. She's, um, you know, career stuff going on. So anyway... I instead, just this morning in the last hour or so, typed up this bad boy, this episode for you, uh, titled, actually I think I'm going to change the title to Steal Grandpa. <clears throat> now, before we get into that, let's talk about the recommendation segment, what I recommend you check out. I've had, what now, two weeks of just hanging out, doing stuff, watching TV. One of the things that I thought was one of the coolest that I've seen the last two weeks, Banshees of Inishirin, the Banshees of Inishirin. That's I-N-I-S-H-E-R-I-N. It's on HBO Max right now, and it won, it did really well in the, uh, what do you call it, the, oh my god, the festival circuit. So I don't think it had, it said now playing in theaters, I think it was in theaters for a little bit, but it did really well at like film festivals and stuff like that. <clears throat> Here's the plot. On a remote island off the coast of Ireland, Padrick is devastated when his buddy Colm suddenly puts an end to their lifelong friendship. With help from his sister and a troubled young islander, Padrek uh, sets out to repair the damaged relationship by any means necessary. However, as Calm's resolve only strengthens his soon... Uh, his, he soon delivers an ultimatum that leads to shocking consequences. The acting by Colin, Colin Farrell in this and, you know, Carrie Condon, Brendan Gleeson, and Barry Cogan is a spectacle on its own those are i just named i mean if you look at this they're some of the best actors you've ever seen um but the the plot is also amazing it's such a simple idea uh, and yet it pulls you in right away if you if you want to get an idea of you know how it pulls you right in watch the trailer it's pretty simple it does give away something but it gives away something that happens at the very beginning and it's the whole thing of the plot and what happens afterwards it doesn't give away so watch the trailer <clears throat> the whole idea is one day, Colin Farrell's character, you just come across him at a beautiful island in, in, off the coast of Ireland. He's, uh, Colin Farrell's walking down the street. He goes to his buddy's house, knocks on the door. He goes, hey, Colin, are you home, Colin? They, <laughs> the dialogue they use is like 1920s Ireland, and they, <laughs> the different words they use is so, oh, I will so. And But he, he knocks on his door. And he goes, Colin, where are you? It's two o'clock. It's time to go to the pub. Are you coming? He goes around to the, no, he doesn't hear anything, goes around to the window. He sees Colm, his buddy, just sitting in a chair smoking, staring at the wall. And he's like, huh, Colm, can you hear me? Nothing. Doesn't Colm doesn't react at all. He's like, what the heck? So he leaves, goes up to the pub. And you can tell the bartender's known him all his life. And he goes, what you doing here, Patrick? <laughs> Aren't you bringing Colm with you? And he goes, no. Hey, you know, Colm ain't here. And he goes, but Colm's always with you. Where is he? He goes, I don't know. He didn't answer. And so it's, just, it's pretty good. He's like, why is he not answering? 
<clears throat> and you come to find he does find him later on the day at the bar and he's like he confronts him like why didn't you answer he goes i don't like you anymore padrick he goes, but what do you mean you don't like me yeah you do he goes no i don't and it just goes from that lifelong buddy's going i don't like you anymore <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's comical it's a little tragic but mostly comical shannon did not like the ending i thought the ending was fitting um yeah it's a good it's a good movie i liked it now for the main event. Watch Banshees of Inishirin, but now for the main event, the Steel Grandpa. Follow me, Huda Thunkers, to a land known as Sweden. Sweden. Uh, this mystical Scandinavian landscape shows beautiful glacial mountains, thousands of coastal islands, giant boreal forests, harsh winters, and gorgeous women. I've met some Swedish women when I was over in France years ago, way before I met Shannon, and let me tell you, they're gorgeous, and they're like, here... You know, we showed pictures of our family. She goes, here's a picture of my family and, like, my six sisters. I'm like, all of you are gorgeous. And she's like, this is my town. I'm like, why is everyone in this town gorgeous? It's, I think there's something about Swedish women. They're, they're really pretty to me. And they've got this red hair. That's cool. But that's, and then I looked up on the internet. Yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah, Swedish chicks are hot. <laughs> and I think <clears throat> they're the number one rated beautiful, beautiful women in the world. I think that the Scandinavian countries are. So I always put that in there. The land of gorgeous women. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to do an Irish accent the entire episode just because I watched The Banshees of Inishirin this past week. Anyway, so we're in Sweden, huge mountains, forests, harsh winters. Now I need you to rewind your clocks back to 1951. Gustav Hackensen applied to join in an endurance bicycle race that spanned the entire country. <clears throat> it was like the country's biggest race, um, bicycle race. It, it, it It's huge, very long. And... He applied. His application was rejected because Gustav Hackinson was 66 years old, <laughs> applying for like a huge, you know, thousand plus mile endurance race. <laughs> the 50 or so other racers competing in this stamina testing race were half of his half his age. They were, you know, in their like 30s at the oldest. <clears throat> so he got rejected. The doctor said no. But you see, Gustav wasn't about to be deterred. What the race officials didn't know was that he had ridden 600 miles just to get to the application booth, and he wasn't going to turn back just because they said no. So he said, shove it, you know, screw it, <clears throat> to the officials and showed up to compete anyway. Yes, he did get rejected, but he figured <clears throat> no one was going to stop him, a Swedish citizen, from just riding his bicycle on the same streets as the race, alongside the same route as the race. Just a coincidence, you know, hey, I'm allowed to ride my bike here. It's nothing illegal. When the official shot... Uh, the, the, of the starting pistol, he was there with his wrinkly bum on the bike saddle uh, with mud guards, uh, headlamp, and saddlebags full of helpful goodies, food, and water for him. When the race began, it was a mad dash. There were so many participants, you know, 50 plus. It wasn't until 20 seconds after the starting gun went off that Gustav was able to cross the starting line. He was off to a rocky start, but no worries, you know. He, don't worry. Once the wind started to, to hit his face, um, well... All the spectators and officials were like, what is this old man doing? Like, we can't stop him. There's nothing illegal about riding your bike. He's not interfering. So he stayed at the back of the pack. He starts going off. They're like, this is, uh, everyone's, people thinking, maybe we just write him off as a crazy old kook. Once the, <laughs> once the wind started to hit his face, he started getting going. The huge, majestic white beard that Gustav Hackinson had began to part and revealed a homemade racer bib. Unlike his competitors, he didn't have an official racer number on his bib. No, he had written the number zero on his chest as a sort of, you know, take this to the officiants. I may not be 
officially in this race, but I have a number and the number is zero. <laughs> it was five days and about a thousand miles later that the officials saw Gustav again. <clears throat> Along with spectators, the official wait the officials waiting at the finish line saw a blur off in the distance rounding the corner. The spectators rushed toward the mysterious would-be winner to offer food and drink to his exhausted body at the finish line. They expected a young, fit man in his 20s or maybe 30s, but what they saw was a frail old man, a giant white beard, a beard white as snow, nearing the finish line in his rusty old roadster bike, teetering towards the finish line with no second-place racer anywhere in sight. Gustav was a full day ahead of the other cyclists. I'm not joking. This happened. So that's where they saw him next. But let's let's see what happened in the middle here. <clears throat> that's the legend. But let's see what the what actually happened. Uh, there is some more to the story other than the legend. First of all, Gustav sort of cheated. I mean, he technically didn't cheat because the old geezer wasn't even officially in the race. But he did ignore a major rule. Other competitors had to meet and stop at checkpoints at the end of each day. They had to rest there. They had to get some sleep, a couple hours. They were expected to wait at these checkpoints for a considerable amount of time. Eat, drink, sleep. Gustav did not stop. He didn't stop. Instead of getting a few hours of sleep, you know, full night's sleep, food and drink, Gustav kept trucking on through the night with his lazy, with his hazy old headlamp and his creaky old uh, roadster bike. While the rest of the riders were snoozing, drinking water, and recharging, the Steel Grandpa, as he would come to be known, would stop for just about an hour. Each night, he'd time himself, stop for an hour, make sure he wasn't dying, then continue on into the darkness of night. <clears throat> Which, you know, he was getting multiple hours ahead. Gustav was keeping at a 10-mile was keeping at a 10-mile deficit from the rest of the pack on the first day. But after days of not resting while the others did, Gustav has had about a full day ahead of the rest while he did sort of cheat he did prove his point without a doubt he was re i mean when it comes to you know are you able from starting line to finish line finish following all the rules he did kind of cheat you know he didn't stop for the full night however in the way that he cheated he was you know rejected because the officials thought he couldn't stand the strain of the race well he did stand up to it and even ignored the resting rules proving he was even more capable of beating it um, because he didn't need to rest like the other racers. The other racers were forced to rest so they wouldn't get tired or, you know, have some kind of medical thing or too much strain. He ignored that. So he he overly proved his point, even though, the you know, him finishing first was a little bit of a, a, a asterisk on his record. The fact that he didn't have enough endurance was, like, doubly proven. So, awesome. While the race was going on for those five days, people started to notice Gustav was trucking alongside the other racers. They're like, okay, so this old man isn't stopping. What's going on here? Eventually, people became more interested in Gustav's plight than the official race participants. <laughs> and what you would too. Some watched to see if the old man would pass out from exhaustion. Others just wanted a good underdog story. People knew he wasn't stopping to sleep like the others, and they figured there was no way he could keep going virtually with virtually no rest. At the three-day mark, Gustav's 10-mile lag from the first day had turned into a 120-mile lead because he just would truck on through the night. At this point, the police drove up to Gustav, tried to get him to stop for a medical examination. They're like, come on, man. Gustav, you... I don't know what a Swedish, good Swedish accent would be, but Gustav, you are, you are too old for this. You are going to die. And he, <laughs> I think I just did like three different accents. But anyway, you're going to die. Uh, but the Steel Grandpa just chuckled in their faces and just kept on pedaling. Then, on the fifth day, just about 800 yards from the finish line, where I was at the beginning, well, they see this blur rounding the corner. 
800 yards from the finish line as the officials and spectators saw him nearing the finish line, Gustav had stopped, and they thought, oh no, is this it? He finally ran out of steam that this close to the finish line? What is happening? Well, he hadn't stopped from exhaustion, as many thought. Uh, no. Gustav's trusty roadster, Steed, his bike, had suffered his first flat tire of the race, just 800 yards from the finish line. So everyone's like, oh no, it's, it's, this is popcorn eating stuff here. People, the spectators like, holy crap, this is the most entertaining <laughs> of uh, the Swedish race we've ever seen. After he assessed the situation fully, Gustav Hackensen, the man who had heard townsfolk chant steal grandpa as he rode through their streets for the past five days, decided, decided that a flat tire wasn't going to stop him. Unwavering in his pursuit to show those who rejected him for the race, that he could do it, Gustav got off his bike and started to jog towards the finish line, staring right at the doctors that told him he couldn't do the race. With only a few yards to go, he saddled back up on his bike to cross the finish line at 2.15pm on July 7th, 1951. The same officials that said he couldn't possibly finish such a long and stressful race watched as he wobbled across the finish line on his rusty roadster bike with greasy hair, tangled white beard, and a flat tire. First, with the rest of the participants over a day behind him. Now, what a story. <laughs> Could you imagine? And I'm looking, if you look at the blog, or if you Google Gustav Hawkinson, you'll see he just looks like this kind of very, <laughs> you want to give him a hug, but he does look like this tough old man. It's like super brow lines because he squints all the time, like, ah! <laughs> this huge gnarly white beard. Now, to end this story, I thought I could try and type and paraphrase, but the Guardian, you know, the the very prestigious media outlet over in the UK, they summed it up quite quite well. Despite the albeit unofficial victory, a subsequent audience with the King of Sweden, and generally being show, showered in fame and honor, Gustav's greatest satisfaction came from proving wrong the doctors who had thought he was better suited in a rocking chair than he was in a saddle. The Steel Grandpa continued to ride bicycles until his death in 1987 at the age of 102. So there you go. That's the story of the Steel Grandpa. <laughs> he lived to 102. <laughs> he had almost four more decades after he, after he, you know, uh, did this endurance race, and he kept cycling in race after race after race. And he would come in first, second, third, and every race he was in, people would watch. They would thought it was the coolest thing ever. And people loved him. He got to hang out with the King of Sweden for a little bit. Um, just amazing. Um, and one of the other things I loved about this is his wife, Maria, lived until she was 104. So, I mean, they make them tough over in Sweden. I, I love it. So um, that's the story of the Steel Grandpa. Hope you enjoyed it. That's my little uh, episode for the beginning of the year. Happy New Year, Hoodoo Thunkers. It's 2023. I've been doing this for three whole years now. Um, I started January 2020. Next week will be the anniversary episode. I'm going to record it with Shannon so we can chat a little bit. Um, so, yeah, the anniversary episode's a week late, but I didn't want to crank out nothing this week. So thanks for listening. Tune in next time.